Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining a very special edition of the Great Dynamics Podcast. Uh, my name is Ahmed Hassan, and today I'm with Marcel Plikta and our very own Michael Elmer. We're doing one of those special Call of Duty podcasts that you guys love so much. <laughs> you know, when we did it, I thought that it was not going to do that well, but it's one of the most listened to podcasts we've ever done. Is it? So, yeah, it is. Wow. So I give it to you, Marcel, oh. since you're going to be leading us off. Oh, thanks. It was weird listening back to those to those podcasts as well, because I was I was like almost laughing at my own jokes. I was like, haha, that is a really good insight. What am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> That's so like you. Is it? Oh, oh, I need to work on that. But um, so yeah, so so Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2019. Did did either of you guys play this one? I know Michael, you played the sequel. You didn't like it. I only played the multiplayer of 20. I played a oh, lot okay. of multiplayer because I was Warzone One. I remember. Oh right, 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 yeah, right, right, right. I remember playing a lot of that. Yeah, but I never played the campaign. I have not. You haven't either. Have yeah. I don't think I've played past 2018, 2017. 2017. I had a big hiatus of, of, of video games, I'll be honest. Yeah. Me too. I'm like you in know, college. Because I'm a big boy now. So. Yeah. <laughs> you got actual, yeah, you got actual responsibilities. I have responsibilities yeah. and stuff. So, so we're skipping, no, we're skipping eight years between like Modern Warfare 3, which was in 2011, and this one in 2019 uh, in our last podcast. And so between there, there's been, there'd been seven mainline Call of Duty games, uh, which really kind of struggled to be coherent. Like you had, you had like three more Black Ops games. You had games like Infinite Warfare, which were basically like science fiction. And you had like an attempt to revisit World War II. So they really were like all over the place. And this Modern Warfare game was billed as like a return to form for the franchise and a focus on like modern warfare you know, and in 2019, that means gray zone, hybrid war, proxy war, all the stuff that led you to found uh, great dynamics, Ahmed. Great. Uh, what was it? Uh, Gerasimov Doctrine. Gerasimov Doctrine. Yeah. Was it fourth generation, fifth generation warfare, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, and so yeah. in all these interviews, you have these like developers and they're like, we're going to bring, we're going to bring all this stuff into Call of Duty, which is kind of funny because like the earlier Modern Warfare games also were kind of about, you know, gray zone, deniable, covert operations and stuff like that. But this time they were they were talking about being ultra serious and it was going to be realistic and and uh, respectful and not political. And we will and we will get to that because 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 um, mm. I don't know if um, I don't know if what happens in this game can be called not political. <laughs> some of the some of the events that happen. But an example of that is like the main bad guys that we're going to see a terrorist group called Al Katala, like in the loading screens and stuff, they'll, they'll try and explain more about what this group's about. And they'll say like, they're not ideological and they're not religious. They just want, uh, they just want generalized anarchy. And you're like, man, that is, that's, that's like, that's like 1900s terrorism. That's like anarchist terrorism. That's not like what modern terrorism, like modern terrorism is very uh, ideological and political and stuff. Okay. So. This is this is a reboot. So all of the stuff that happened in the other games, like the entire Marine Corps being nuked and the International Space Station being nuked and all of Europe and America being invaded, all that stuff didn't happen. So don't worry about that. I know I know you're all clinging on to uh, you know, that story and and the next phase of what they do, but that's all that's all gone now. And unlike the other ones which were sort of supposed to be near future, like 5 or 6 years in the future, this game explicitly happens in like fall of 2019. So imagine all these guys listening to like Billie Eilish, you know, talking about Zombieland 2. Like that, like that's 
that's that's what Call of Duty. This is happening according to Call of Duty alongside alongside uh, those those seminal seminal uh, landmark events. Right. So plot wise, I think we're gonna go into most detail on the first two missions because they're like intensely stupid, and then we're gonna roll through the rest uh, a lot a lot more quickly because we'll have established um, a lot of the main the, right. the main stuff. Before you go on, I wanted to comment. You said something about uh, the main terrorist group. Mm-hmm. Called Al Qatala. Yeah. And Qatal means kill in Arabic. Yeah. You know, just, yes. just kill. So that's just kill. Yeah, what that's is, the, 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 root, the root word yeah. for Qatala. What is all is again? Is, is, it, is it the? It's the, the, yeah. Yeah. the kill? The killers? The kill. The kill. Oh, the, yeah, <laughs> oh, the killing. The killing. Or oh, the wow. fight. You can yeah. also tra- yeah. It's also translated as the fight. Yeah. Fight. Uh, call- Call of Duty yeah. translates it as the killers, and then uh, later they have the new killers. I forget how they they phrase that, but they're I think they're banking on um, most of the people playing it not speaking Arabic. I think is their I think is their plan there. Mm. <laughs> um, All right, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 ahead. no. That's that's no, that's um, that's good because con- I was gonna I was gonna get to that because when when I first saw Al Qadala, I was like I was I put it into Google Translate and it was like the kill. And I was like that sounds stupid. But they they were like very explicitly like oh it means the killers, uh, in the actual game itself. But so it starts so the cutscene starts with the killers, in in like a van listening to a recording of like their two leaders who are called the wolf and the butcher, neither of which are in Arabic by the way. And and then basically they they hop out of their van and they start a presumed terrorist attack in London, and that's sort of a flash forward. So it cuts to twenty four hours you know in, in the lead up to to this attack. And this first mission starts in in a fictional country. There's two fictional countries in this game. This one's called Kostovia, uh, which is a fake post-Soviet republic bordering Russia and Georgia. And if and if people played Warzone, that's that's the city where that's the country where Verdansk is supposed to be. Or if you're a big fan of the rapper Days, I suppose. You play as a CIA officer named Alex, just Alex, no uh, no second name. Uh, and he's on a mission with Marine Raiders to capture and extract chlorine gas in the hands of Russians for use in a conflict in a neighboring country. So there's no explanation as why the U.S. has a formal presence in Kostovia. And back in the operations center, the CIA station chief, who I guess is the station, the station chief of Kostovia, they don't really specify because most of the game doesn't happen in this country, like barges into the operations center, which presumably she should have been in the, in the first place. And says oh, the chlorine gas is being moved tonight, and and it matters that the chlorine gas is going to be moved from this base or depot or whatever it is tonight, because that base is staffed by Russian PMCs, but actual Russian service members are going to be the ones that show up and transfer the gas, and they don't want to kill actual Russian soldiers because that would cause an international incident. This game isn't political, by the way. They told us <laughs> they said it wasn't political in the interviews. But but the implication is that it's like Wagner or, you know, one of these PMCs. But but like they don't they don't really go into PMCs really as like an idea. They just it's a very this is this is kind of a theme in this game where they'll just like reference something. And then and then you're supposed to, you know, like the meme, like pointed the, you know, pointed the screen and go, I recognize that. And then and then it'll just move on. It doesn't actually explore anything about PMCs, really, other than you can just shoot them at will, I guess. Also, like, like, how is the CIA and the Marine Corps attacking a base in a third-party country, like, only an international incident if a Russian service member gets killed? 
like if these guys all get shot and ID'd as Americans, like, and then, or they accidentally release the gas or something like that, then it's all like chill. It's not an international incident. But if like Vasily dies, then, then all of a sudden it's controversial. This is, this is like five minutes into the game, by the way. And I was already like shaking my controller. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Interesting. Man. Anyways. So, so despite the game being very clear, that it would be bad to kill like actual Russian soldiers. Our heroes make basically no effort to check if the people they're about to shoot are Russian soldiers. Like the first two enemies you shoot in the game, it's like pitch black. And the reason that you shoot them is, is someone ahead of you is like, oh, I don't see any patches on them. Uh, so, they, so they must be, so they must be PMCs, which is, which is funny because PMC people love uh, patches. Especially those ISIS killer ones. Oh yeah. If anything, a way to identify them as a PMC would be to look at the patches. Because they have a bunch of like stupid crap on them yeah. that, that the actual Russian military wouldn't probably... <laughs> um, so, so they get to the Russian PMC depot where the gas is and like, guys, if you think, if you think there might be people that you aren't supposed to kill in this little depot thing, as well as a ton of poison gas, how do you think, how do you think soft or how do you think a special operations forces people might want to enter it? Guns blazing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's worse. It's worse. Than, it's worse than that. <laughs> they, they like, they like look through their optics. The yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They, do. they immediately. Oh, I, was, I was like a shot in the dark. Wow. They, they immediately. Oh, they wow. like. They like look through their optics, and they're like, and they're like, these don't look like Russian soldiers, even though like they can't see every single person who's in the space. And they not only do they drop, not only they airstrike it, they drop white phosphorus on it. So they like burn. They like. Jeez. They burn like yeah. They burn like everyone who's like in that front section near the gate like alive, which which is um. It uh, a technically, technically, I believe not a war crime if there's no civilians around. But a nasty way to go. B not very covert. And C again, there's like tanks of poison gas in this facility. Like you're gonna start a fire, like you know, right next to it. Yeah, and and also like you know, U.S. jets usually don't fly around random countries dropping bombs. Usually they just fly around one or two select countries dropping bombs. Uh, you know, that's just me. But they don't do any collection at all. So like you know, because because we're you know a lot of this is about you know, intelligence and, and stuff. And there's like, there's like no collection on it. There's no like ISR up. There's like nobody checking if there's actual Russians there or not. Like all of the stuff that presumably someone in real life would want to know has not been figured out at all. <laughs> this is a very fly by the seat of your pants uh, seizure of a dangerous chemical weapons. You wonder who advises them on these games. Yeah. Because yeah. I think like, I know that Peter Singer it advised on on call of duties or or battlefield one of the two and and he's like super knowledgeable on this stuff so i wonder who advises them and yeah i i think it's also who signs off on this stuff <laughs> well i think i think it's also like the focus the focus is always on the aesthetics right so like the writers yeah, the, it's the writers not necessarily the advisors who are like oh they're gonna airstrike the base and so what the advisor does is they're like, here's what a white phosphorus airstrike would look like. Or like, here's what, you know, here's what the, uh, here's what the kit would look like. Here's what the guns or the, yeah. The, you know. yeah. So, so there's, yeah, I think they figure that people are more likely to buy into like the, the aesthetic stuff, um, than they are to get really into the weeds like we are, <laughs> but, but that's why we're here at this point, at this point, they tell you the player that the guy, the guy after the gas is this Russian general named Barkov, who's going to be a little bit important later, but doesn't, doesn't really matter for right now. It's just the big, the big bad, the Bond villain of this game is, is this guy Barkov. And anyways, you walk, you walk into this depot, like, 
that the chemical weapons, where the chemical weapons are and everything's just on fire and you're walking through the gate that you just like firebombed basically. And there's like people burning around you and stuff like that. Um, and the Marines are just calling you like CIA out loud, which, which doesn't seem ideal. They're just like, you know, they're just like strutting. They strutting into the front gate. They just bombed and like, all right, CIA, check this out. So super, super covert, super deniable. And then you then uh, go to a section of this base that's not on fire and you shoot a bunch of guys and, and realize that, surprise, those guys are Russian special forces. So they're actual Russian. They're not PMC guys. They're Spetsnaz or whatever. So, so you call up the station chief and she's like, eh, whatever, keep going. Like, even though she just like burst into the command center and was like, don't kill any Russians. It's going to cause an international incident. She's like, eh, it's too late now. Rip the bandaid off, you know, get, get rid of all of them. So you find these gas canisters which thankfully didn't get bombed and decide to just like load them all into like a truck and just drive them out of the entrance, the, the other entrance on the other side of the depot that you didn't just firebomb, but that they also like didn't check if, you know, there's anyone out there. So surprise, surprise, uh, leaving, you get ambushed and every, and every single one of these Marines, but you, uh, the CIA guy gets killed. And as it turns out, the ambushers, the ambushers aren't Russians, but they're these unknown insurgents. And the insurgents are talking amongst themselves and they're like, oh, crap, we just killed a bunch of Americans. And they just run off with the gas and they like they like leave you there, like presumably to die. But it's a video game, so you don't. And you think this would be a big like international incident since it's like the bobbing of a Russian PMC facility with Russian personnel and dead U.S. service members. But it's literally never mentioned again. Hmm. Besides, like, there's, like, a reference to, like, oh, the Russians are suspending their back channels. But, like, if you think about when when the U.S., uh, you know, clashed with uh, Wagner in Syria, right? That was big news. Um, it's just completely ignored. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe because it was a covert mm. op anyway. Yeah. And that why it was, you know, never put... I guess, yeah, I guess I guess it would be hard for Russia to be, like, the mercenaries we used to move our gas uh, killed a bunch of Marines. I guess it would be yeah. that would be a sort of awkward thing to admit to. How how I don't know if this is kind of too broad, but like how what do y'all think about like the the use of of something like chlorine gas? Is that even like that seems like kind of an archaic thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I would am I don't, I don't I'm not a you know I'm not a I'm not a what is it uh, a chemical weapons uh, for, yeah oh, C- CBRN. Yeah, I'm not like a CBRN expert or anything like that. I'm just curious. Like, it seems like at this point in time, there's like far more like, I mean, even 24. Remember 24? And there was like that season where it was all about like, there it was the gas and it was like the nerve gas. Like, that sounds like way more like from from a theatrical perspective. Like, I'm just curious, like, why do they choose chlorine? Because that's kind of like World War One. Like, that's like, it's, yeah, yeah. it is. It is. But, you know, obviously, it's such a scary weapon, right? Mm It's such a permanent, scary weapon, mm. number one. And wasn't it, wasn't, didn't Assad use chlorine gas? Yeah, As- Assad, Assad right. and, oh. and, alleged, and allegedly ISIS, I think, used chlorine gas. Yeah. It's, easier to manu- okay. it's, it's easier to manufacture and it has um, chemical industrial uses uh, as well. Well, I feel so it's, it's yeah. No, 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 no. But it is, it is a good question because I mean, essentially, essentially it was chosen for a very specific reason, which is that it's like, it's to reference, to reference that stuff, but also because it's more deniable um, and people are more likely to know what it is. So they, they couldn't use like phosphine yeah, gas because they would be like, whatever. That's insane that they would say that the game is not political and then have so many references to like 
very contemporary events such as that. Yeah. Uh, oh, it gets. Oh, it gets. Oh, it gets worse. Wait till the attack on the embassy. Um, <laughs> that's like that's like straight out of uh, that's like straight out of Benghazi is is the way they portray that one. But it's interesting that a lot of the Russia is such an easy enemy. The Russian government got super to, mad about this. Conjure. Game. Like Russian streamers and stuff, like uh, pulled uh, playthroughs and stuff. Um, and they were like, Russians would never commit war crimes, um, which was which was something, <laughs> which was which was an interesting statement then, and uh, an even more interesting statement now, I would say. But but yeah, the if, if this was a video podcast, that you would see our faces. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, grinning smugly. Yeah, even but my yeah, cat so, is. The, back. <laughs> the station don't tell people you have a don't tell people you have a cat they're going to demand a video podcast they're, they're going to be like they're going to be like they're going to be like we need a cat it is a very photogenic cat so. yeah i don't know though i mean over here it seems like everyone's obsessed with dogs but that's another topic <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so anyways the this the station chief you know having just having just flubbed it as they say in uh, in military circles storms out and and tells the the colonel the colonel i guess of the marines that just died in that op center um that she's just she's compartmentalizing the whole thing and that he doesn't have clearance anymore so so she can use his men as she wishes but but he doesn't know what they do which is not how any of that works really <laughs> really but like leaving aside that you don't like um a you're not supposed to classify something because it's embarrassing b they probably want to if, if there were whatever level of classification or compartmentalization this is in, you'd probably want to do it before the op. And if it's someone, if someone in the chain of commands involved, you're probably going to read them in. Like it was just, they just wanted to use like fancy words, like, you know, compartmentalize and clearance. Like they didn't want to like explore what, what any of that meant. Although Michael, I know you did write a whole, mm. uh, a whole article on the different levels of clearances and stuff like that. Indeed. You almost forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's 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 how highly that's how highly classified his article was that even he forgot it. I was I was yeah. actually kind of afraid to write that because I was like second guessing the whole time. I was like, oh wow, like uh, I feel like I'm gonna miss something and look like an idiot because it's like there's so many you know there's so many like different you know <laughs> different uh, yeah uh, uh, sub layers of sub layers of you know yeah and the classification system like changes you know with every with every like executive order on it and stuff like that and so it's it's meant different things over time so so yeah it's not it's not an easy thing to write about so and especially now q has taken a hold of it you know the whole q movement mm, yeah yeah you know, they, q clearance they, or q and on taking a hold of it q and on yeah yeah it's that is that has kind of ruined q clearance yeah that's but but it it has like the parallel right mm. because they say like the, the guy Q he had Q clearance and oh oh was that uh, was I mean, it gives me a headache too even <laughs> yeah that was one of the theories yeah that'll be um that'll be an interesting discussion if we ever do the Black Ops games because that's also about like conspiracy theories and like killing Kennedy and stuff like that I would love to do that one yeah I think we have so many articles Michael has written a good number of them. Mm. On MK Ultra, on, mm-hmm. because that has that's a big role. MK Ultra has a big role in the Black Ops. Yeah, games. yeah, and Max V, so, uh, all that stuff. Sog. What else? Uh, not only not only Max V Sog, but uh, uh, Operation Gladio. Did you know to stay behind 
uh, organizations mm -hmm. that the CIA set up in Europe after uh, the Cold War. Yeah. Or during the Cold War. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, uh, I think, I think they're also, they also remade, they also, as an addition to rebooting um, Modern Warfare, they rebooted Black Ops as well. And I haven't played that one, but like Reagan's in all the trailers. So I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be some primo Cold War stuff. But, but yeah, so, so the station chief, she's, she's up a creek without a paddle now. Um, all her guys have been killed except for, except for CIA officer Alex, who survives. And I don't think they explain how he gets evac'd. But, you know, that's sort of the magic of this, of, of these is people just teleport around and, and survive ridiculous injuries. But she gets on the phone and calls uh, our hero, Captain Price, who, you know, in the first in the first Modern Warfare game, he's kind of just like a guy who's who's trying to make the best of sort of being in the middle of this crazy situation. But now Captain Price is like a warrior guru kind of guy who's like, you know, he's like a you know, he's got he's got stuff to say about the nature of humanity and war and stuff. But. He takes this phone call and he's like actively like shooting people while he's on the phone. Like he's he's got his rifle. He's like he's like in some I forget I forget if they even say where he is. It's like unknown location. He's just shooting people. And he's like, oh, yeah, the terrorists have gas. OK, um, well, they're probably going to attack London. So I'll hop on a flight there. Just like just like the most chill conversation while he's I think he shoots like three or four guys at least. And so, as you might expect, the next mission's in London. Um, and now instead of CIA, CIA officer, uh, Alex, you're playing as SAS Sergeant Kyle Garrick, who's tracking some of these all Katala terrorists, uh, through, I think in, in one of the roads that lead to Piccadilly Circus in London. And they're, they're kind of in a van and his boss calls him and they're like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a terror threat, but, but don't, don't go in like, so arrest these guys, but don't go in and like shoot everything up. Cause this is like the most, you know, busy populated part of London. So don't turn it into a war zone, which is kind of a weird, a kind of a weird thing to say in those circumstances. Um, thing, um, presumably it wouldn't need to be said. Um, but but Garrick, Garrick and his guys, they're they're like stuck in traffic in like an alley because it's London, and there's like a the the terrorists are in this white van ahead of them, and so their plan is to just get out of their van like in the middle of the road and get out of their car in the middle of the road and just walk up to this van, like behind, like no real plan. No real way to stop this car. Uh, so, surprise! The car just the van just like drives off like thirty yards and just explodes. Uh, you know, like there's a bomb in it. They they made no effort. At I knew all. it. I knew it. It's it's always it's always it's always that right. And and, and you know you, they run yeah. to it. And I guess like separately at the same time, a group of terrorists are now like shooting up Piccadilly Circus. And this is kind of you know if you're not if you're not from the UK like this is a very iconic part of London, right? It's it's. Uh, and it's, and, it's, and it looks pretty real. Like I was just in London. It, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty um, true. They put a lot of effort into the environments. But it, it's like uh, Times Square. Yeah, it's like Times Square of uh, New York. Yeah, that's yeah, kind exactly. of by so. That's why it's so. Is it by so? so Soho. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I I was there last year on this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's where the where they have those big electronic billboards. Ah, mm. oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And it's also like. This attack, it's like a cartoonish number of terrorists. Like when, when you think about like the, the, the sort of the, the larger terrorist attacks across Europe, it's, it's not actually that, usually not that many individuals. Um, but this is literally like dozens of guys, all with automatic weapons, like shooting randomly and actively taking hostages for some reason. Like it's like, like, it's like both a hostage taking and a, a random a massacre style attack. And for some reason, the London Met are with you, but not like the SWAT style armed police. Um, which is weird because the Mets armed police are like no joke. Like they're very, very serious, uh, a very, very serious group, especially the armed police. 
but they're sort of, I guess it's just the SAS on their own here. So anyways, you go to, you go to get these hostages and, and Captain Price just randomly shows up. Like he must've got a direct flight back or something. He must've, he must've flown to London city airport instead of Gatwick or something and not had to wait 40 minutes on the train to go stop this terrorist attack. And, and they go to, they go to a hostage. The logistics of London. The logistics of London. <laughs> London, London see, right. like I just came, I just, like I just came back from there, like I said, and it's just like, it's so hard to go anywhere or do anything. I mean, like, like obviously the, you know, the subway and, and, and that is, is a very sophisticated system of moving people around, but it's just so big that like, there's only really so much you can do. I have to say, like, if you use the underground, <laughs> it's pretty efficient to get anywhere in London. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe not. The airport where there's like, <laughs> you you walk into elevators full of people, and yeah, you cannot really get out. That they didn't really think that one really through. But yeah, but I think yeah, London is probably from all the major cities that I've that I've traveled to or that I lived in. Yeah, is the easiest one to get around. But the problem is it's so massive. Mm. Yeah, it's so huge. Yeah, it's it's um. I mean, I can't, I can't complain because I think the biggest city that I lived in for for any amount of time before that was Mexico City, which is which is an absolute nightmare to get around. That's a huge city, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Uh, a huge city, but it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have as as uh, it has a it has a subway system, but it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really compare to the underground uh, quite. Ubers are cheap though, but anyways, <laughs> you go and you go and you get to where these hostages are. Captain Price shows up. You know, there's, they they go to a hostage with like a bomb. He's like tied to a chair, and there's like a bomb strapped to him. And Captain Price decides that they don't have time to disarm it, and they're kind of on the second floor. So so he kind of just throws the guy down to the lower floor, and the bomb goes off. And this is and this is like genuinely your first impression of the new Captain Price is he just shows up and doesn't save a hostage. And it's you know it's it's uh, it's seen as uh, you know Kyle Garrick thinks it's it's a shocking thing that's just happened to him. Um, and at the end of this mission, you know, uh, him and Price have this this really painful chat about how this whole thing could have been stopped if, if the higher ups in government weren't such pansies and they had actionable intel on this. And it's kind of just it's kind of just cringe because because if they genuinely did have actionable in, uh, intelligence on like 200 armed terrorists, <laughs> you know, planning to do an attack in the middle of London. I really do, like this is what, 2019. I don't think the Theresa May government would have been like, oh, no, don't do anything to stop that, you know. Um, it's, it's sort of a, it's sort of, it's, it's like a weird, it's like trying to convince you that like only the SAS knows what to do and like, just let people on the ground do whatever they want. Um, because the people like, you know, the people who are supposed to be doing oversight just don't know what they're talking about. And that's sort of a, a weird way to portray that. Um, because, you know, usually it works best when you have sort of people on the ground and people at the top, you know, working in concert and being on the same page, but this sort of, you know, leans a lot more towards, uh, special operators or geniuses and, and know what they're, know what they're doing. And, yeah. and intelligence professionals, as always, we get shafted. Yeah, we we do. There's actually one reference. There's actually one reference to intelligence uh, down the line, and I and I made a point. It's not relevant at all, but I made a point to call it out because I was like, I was like, we need to bring we need to bring intelligence back into this. But you know, as you as you might expect, Al Qatala did this terrorist attack. So Captain Price just calls the CIA. Uh, I guess he just has them on speed dial, um, and has them send Alex, who is recovering very well from being blown up yesterday to go meet with rebels in the, in the second of our two fictional countries, the country of Urzikstan, uh, which I guess na- neighbors Kestovia and also has Russian forces in it as well. So this is supposed to be, it's not political, but it's supposed to be the South, you know, the Caucasus. So sort of that Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan, that kind of area. Everyone speaks Arabic though. So go figure. <laughs> 
the country the country hasn't got the geography hasn't gotten much better than earlier games um every, you know everyone speaks everyone speaks arabic and it's because they want to reference you know syria and iraq and stuff like that but they don't want to set it in those countries so anyways uh the rebels the rebels who are fighting the russians and al-qatala you know might be able to help them find the stolen gas so they meet the rebels who are led by uh farah and her brother hadir who are rebel leaders fighting both the russians occupying Uzbekistan and al-qatala at once and I guess they're kind of a stand-in for Kurdish groups or maybe the SDF. It's sort of a it's it, they they get to pick and choose essentially from uh, a bunch of a bunch of uh, groups across the Middle East. This game isn't political though. For some reason, Alex is like, "Let me help you guys attack the Russians." And it's worth pointing out that Alex, 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 CIA CIA officer Alex is like the goofiest looking dude of all time. Like he looks like a TikToker. Like he's got his he's got his hair all gelled <laughs> and shaved. Like he's got lines shaved into his hair. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's he's got tattoo sleeves, uh, and he's got a big American flag patch on his on his front chest. He looks like a Nashville barista. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 really co it's really covert stuff. Um, he's also he's also got he's also got a mustache. He just doesn't look like like if you look at um, I don't know if you guys saw like Spy Ops on on Netflix. It was like a series of like mini documentaries. The first, the first, the first one on there is about Jawbreaker, the the operation to go get Bin Laden right after, or to to overthrow the Taliban after nine uh, eleven, and like yeah. those look like those just look mm-hmm. like normal looking dudes, like they're not like they they you know they're not they're dads, yeah they they do they do they look they look like dads they dress like dads they shop at REI which is a very dad store to to go to that and like Eddie Bauer they don't look like um yeah. you know uh, <laughs> influencers basically. No, but but yeah. So so and I, and I bring this up because the, the the next mission is you and Farah sneak into this Russian occupied town, and Al and she gives Alex a disguise, and and his disguise is the impenetrable disguise of a headscarf. Um. So so he's like this. He's like this six foot three, ah. like like very 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 white special operations guy with like just a headscarf. Um, and to to sneak past Russian soldiers, and the Russian soldiers are like randomly executing civilians in the street and like forcing them to work. And and as far as I can tell, this work is just moving cinder blocks from one place to another because uh, it's hard to animate, uh, you know, other kinds of forced labor, I suppose. Um, and and you shoot you shoot a bunch of Russians in like broad daylight, um, but because you stuck an oil filter on the end of your gun, like now it's stealthy, like now it's silenced. Um, I don't want to talk too much about gun stuff because uh, it's not that kind of podcast. But like, no, you can't just screw an oil filter onto the end of like a rifle, and it'll suddenly become like extremely silent. The A team backs to different. <laughs> the, oh yeah, yeah. Well, it, <laughs> well, I mean, it's more that like it's more that it's just like I, you can technically like make a gun slightly quieter using an oil filter, but it like you can't just go to like a random motorcycle and just like unscrew it. And screw it in somewhere else, like um, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, mm-hmm. That's a it's a bit of um, it's a bit of Hollywood stuff. But I but I did I did look up a few YouTube videos of people doing it just to just to make sure I was I was talking intelligently about it. And they all complained that it was impossible to aim. So because it's this big it's this big oil filter like on the end of your gun. Um, but but anyways, yeah, it covers the the sights. Yeah, it covers it covers like uh, the entire sight picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But anyway, so so you and Farah, you know, come across Russians and they're like hanging. I don't know if this is a reference to something as well, but they're like hanging suspected rebels from like a construction cl- crane. Like they're suspended from the construction crane uh, at like arm as it's as it's going around. That's a that's an Iran thing. Is it an Iran thing? Okay. 
Yeah, that's how they like. Uh, that's how they like execute people and like display them. Ah, okay. and they hang them. Yeah. Dang. I like a construction crane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And don't Google that, people. Uh, Googling. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a kidding. that's a lively thing for sure. No, it's just. Yeah. Uh, and so, so they come across this, and Alex is like, "This is a war crime," which like. Yeah, dude, like the Russians have been shooting people in front of you for the last hour and you're trying to stop them from getting chlorine gas. Like what like what did you what did you think was happening in in this like fictional Russian occupation? But anyways, you blow some stuff up. <laughs> you, you you blow some stuff up. Um and the reason you're blowing stuff up is to force the Russians, because the Russians are in a nearby airfield. You're trying to force them to come into the city itself. Um, so that you guys can attack the base uh itself and and escape. So you rejoin Hadir, Farah's brother. And you go and attack this base, and they make a big sh- and they make a big point, and this kind of ties into what you were saying about chlorine gas. But they make a big point of showing improvised weapons. Um, I think the big ones are like rockets with propane tanks on the end. I know, I know, a lot of conflicts will will feature will feature that. Um, I remember it um, a lot from from like Yemen. You see propane tanks on the end of uh, rockets like that as a as a cheap explosive. And they also have RC planes like air hogs with bombs te- bombs kind of strapped to them. And it's kind of clear that they were trying to, the developers were trying to copy like the aesthetic of stuff they might have seen in Syria, Iraq, Yemen, these kinds of conflicts, which is, which is fair enough, I guess. It's, 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 you know, realistic enough. Um, the RC planes are a little bit silly. I think, I think the new Call of Duty has quadcopters instead, uh, which, which, you know, they, <laughs> quadcopters have had a pretty mm-hmm. big uh, media, media debut uh, over the past couple of years. So, so you attack this Russian base and it's like you, you, you know, you, the CIA officer are like on the front lines with, the, with the insurgents. Um, and you decide, and he decides to call in CIA support in the form of an unmarked helicopter gunship, which is an absolutely insane thing to ask for. Cause it's like, how would a helicopter get there anytime soon? And how do you guarantee they'll evade Russia's air defense? And, and like, what kind of deniability, right? Is, are we talking? Not that many countries have helicopters. Uh, in in the same you know in the same operating area, um, and by the way, this mission is called Proxy War, which is kind of weird for you not being a proxy. So yeah, that's it. That is weird because who is the proxy then? Yeah, the Kurdish or, or the the local? Yeah, I guess. Middle I, East, yeah, um, I guess. I guess uh, the 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 Urzik militia, the Urzik Liberation Front, or whoever. Yeah, uh, are are the proxies, mm-hmm. but like this game, this game is big on it's big on the aesthetics. Like when you die, the death quote is like literally the Merriam-Webster dipsh- dictionary definition of uh, of proxy war and stuff like that. Like it'll it'll just be like it'll, it'll it'll they're like really trying to hammer this home. But anyways, you and the rebels capture the base, and and you're like capturing it for the armory, but there's like four guns in the armory, and then all the Russians from the city surprise show up. And you, I guess you don't have an escape plan, so they just kind of trap you there. And then the CIA unmarked gunship shows up, and and guys, it's literally it's literally an Apache. Like it's literally like it's literally it's literally a U.S. marked <laughs> Apache that just flies around. And you and um, this section is actually kind of fun because you just you just like gun down you know you gun down all the Russian uh, tanks and stuff like that, and you kill all the Russians and and you know hooray you've you've saved the day I guess by burning this this by by actively burning this. And now that the Russian base is, is down and destroyed, I guess like Captain Price and Garrick are like, they're like, oh, we can fly around to fight Al-Qatala now because losing this base means that Russia's air defense is degraded. But they don't really explain like, they don't explain what that means really. Like, and there are, and there are other ways to degrade air defenses than like a big massive attack. But instead of flying to Urzikstan, where there's just been this big gap, 
uh, they decide to do a house raid in Camden Town in London, uh, where I've been before, but not as a not as a not as an al Qaeda terrorist. And and this mission this mission kind of gets talked about to death. Like if you look up um, if you look up like Call of Duty Modern Warfare realism, it's it tends to be this mission because they'll they'll grab like a former a former SWAT guy or a former SAS guy and they'll have them review this particular section because it's a representation of a house clearing. But plot wise, it, it doesn't really matter at all. So, so we're just gonna we're just gonna skip through it basically. Like they find the intel about where Al Qatala is in Urzikstan, uh, which is which is useful. So Alex, the CIA guy, launches this joint CIA rebel U.S. Marines attack uh, to get the wolf, the head, the the AQ leader. I'm just gonna call them AQ from now because they're because they're supposed to be they're you know they're supposed to be Al Qaeda even though they don't have an ideology or or any kind of religious affiliation. But I guess I guess the terrorists, despite the fact that they need intelligence to find these guys, I guess the terrorists are holed up in like a hospital with a lot of civilians, and they kind of just captured it. It's like the vibe because there's like there's like doctors and stuff like running out of the building. So so they must have like they must have just captured it. So now now you the CIA like a ton of Marines like there's like like Sergeant Griggs from the earlier game shows up, albeit in in sort of a different form, and most of the rebels are attacking this hospital in a third party country. And there's like airstrikes and there's like a Bradley in the mission. Like they don't explain how the Marines got there or like what, what kind of authorization they have or what kind of support they have to do this. Um, but they know that there's civilians in this hospital and like Call of Duty just thinks, oh, well, you know, there's terrorists in it. So it's OK to just like airstrike the hospital, fire, you know, Bradley, the Bradley's autocannon into the hospital and stuff like that. Like it's like the building gets messed up um, and they don't show any civilians dying, of course, but. Like that's in real life. That's probably what would happen if uh, if there were terrorists in a hospital full of civilians. Anyways, you shoot your way in and uh, you find the wolf, and he's like actively filming an execution video, like in the middle of the battle. Like he's got like the tripod camera set up, and like, uh, and he's got like, and, and for some reason he's executing like marines. Like even though you came in with the marines, he somehow has three marines already. Maybe there was maybe there's some kind of content that explains how that happens that got cut or something like that, but. You shoot your way in and, and you, you capture him and save the day. Like that's the, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty unremarkable there. And then we get to, and then we get to the least political part, I promise. Um, they have to get, they, so the, you know, the CIA and the Marines, they, they secured the wolf and they have to get him out of the country and, and they want to give him to the UK since he's just done this massive attack in London. Um, so of course they take him to the like US embassy in the capital of Urzikstan. Which which leads to a whole bunch of questions like, you know, is there an Urzikstani government? Uh, you know, you know, why is there why is there like a massive U.S. embassy there? Why is the station the station chief from Kostovia? Why is she the one who's coordinating all of this? These are all questions that they don't answer. Maybe it's in Modern Warfare 2. I don't know. But it just hard cuts to like massive protests and all Katala guys like the butcher just like outside the embassy. And the butcher, by the way, he, like, I don't know why, but they they made the butcher, like, they put him in this, like, big yellow soccer jersey, like, a soccer jersey and a, um, what's the scarf, the scarf that, that goes around the, the neck. Um, that was like, they were like, they were like, oh, that guy's a terrorist. You mean football there, shipmate? Oh, yeah, I do. I do, I do mean football. <laughs> he's, in, he's in a football jersey. Bruv. Um, <laughs> um, he's in, he's, he's, he's playing a bit of footy. And I, I did consider saying football jersey, and then I was like, this might cause too much confusion. I'd rather everyone know what I was saying, and like half the people hate me, than than, I don't than, than, than walk through. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> did, but this was this was something I thought about. I promise. 
I was like, this, this, my face was like bald under the desk <laughs> when you were saying it. <laughs> yeah, your your Dutch yeah. rage. So, um, uh. but but yeah, there's no mention of the Urzikdan government, which is weird because this is supposed to be about like gray zone proxy war stuff. But they just like they they totally fall into the trap of discounting like the actual actors on the ground and just focusing on like Russia and the U.S. and Britain. Like despite the fact that they were going to be more mature, like if you're an actor on the ground, you don't matter as much as uh uh you know the the U.S. and Russia does for some reason. But the plan is that Garrick and Price are going to helicopter on top of the embassy. They're going to grab the wolf, and then they're going to fly out. But as they're approaching the embassy, the helicopter gets hit by an RPG, and and it like it's like spinning out, and it's like crashing. And you and Price jump out, and like just at the last minute, safely land on the embassy roof. Like you just per- you like perfectly land, like no one like like bumps and bruises, right? But like but like they're totally fine. It's just like it's just like you know pure Hollywood right there, something that like The Rock would do. Super realistic stuff. And and so the crowd, like, outside is now, like, breaching the embassy compound. And they're, like, entering the embassy building itself. And they're sort of, they're throwing, like, Molotov cocktails and stuff. The, like, Marines that guard the base are being overwhelmed. The embassy are overwhelmed. And it's, like, not a terrible portrayal of what the interior of, like, a U.S. embassy looks like. But they kind of show it as if this attack was, like, a surprise instead of something that happened after, like, several hours of protests. Like there are people like there are people at the front desks and like at their cubicles working and they're like, what's going on? And like <laughs> in reality, all those people are gone or at least like yeah. under their desks. Like they're not like sitting there typing away like oh, I yeah. need to finish this report. <laughs> you know? But so the SAS guys, you know, they run through the embassy and they meet up with with Alex uh, and Sarah and Hadir in the basement. And by the way, they just let like even though Farah and Hadir are rebel leaders, I guess they just let them in the embassy for some reason. But but they meet they all they all rendezvous in the basement because they want to get out through the safe room that's there. There's like a there's like a tunnel out through the safe room. Um, and Price is like, it's his first time seeing the wolf in this game, and he's like, oh, I know the wolf. He used to be on our side, which is like which is like a hilarious like thing to say. And it's like never it's never brought up again. Really, they're just like, oh yeah, this guy used to work with the West. <laughs> and they just like leave it. They just like leave it at that. Uh, they don't explain how or why, but. But they can't escape yet through this tunnel. A little cliffhanger. Yeah, a little, a little come cliffhanger. Back a little, a little season two, uh, little season two tease. Um, Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, but so so they all can't escape yet um, because the ambassador has the key, and they like look on the CCTV and like and like the ambassador has been shot because he's just running around his office. Like his office has like big glass walls, and he's just been running around like an idiot, like with the chicken his head come off. Like what's happening? And so they just shoot him, and. Which is which is like very weird, and and because this is this is all supposed to be like a very clear uh, Benghazi kind of reference, um, but that's that's definitely not what happened in in Benghazi. The the ambassador definitely wasn't just like running around doing nothing, you know, when when he when he died. But but anyways, uh, his secretary, this this ambassador's secretary, uh, wasn't an idiot, uh, and she survived using the the age old technique of hiding instead of uh, peeking out of doors uh, and stuff. And and she has the key, so she she comes to she like she like she you have to like guide her. It's like this weird mini game where you have to use the CCTVs to like guide her past like all of the executions, which is kind of crass. But but there's like there's like one where it's like the butcher himself and he's interrogating this guy, and the guy's like, "I'm just an analyst," which isn't important to the plot. I just wanted to shout out shout out analysts uh, for represent for, 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 represent, <laughs> for being just for being just analysts. Poor guy. Um, he's pretty buff for an analyst too. He was like built, so good for him. He must be taking his um. Uh, 
his work, uh, his workout hours. Uh, but you go, so, so you've got the key now. So you go from the embassy to the ambassador's residence, which I get, which is like, I guess they say it's like on the other side of the street or something like that. Um, and they stick the wolf in the safe room there so that they can go defend the, the like ambassador's residence complex. And like, despite this being an absolute disaster with that's like had hours leading up to it, there's like a ton of dead Americans now. Like the only air asset they give you is this like drone. And they're like, oh, it's almost out of gas. Are you sure you want it? And it's like, yeah, you probably do. Yeah. So long story short, the residence falls uh, after some fighting and they 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 bust the wolf out, the, the Alcatala. And that's like the end of the mission is, you know, the wolf's escaped, but everyone, you know, every all the plot important characters have survived, including the secretary, by the way. Uh, so that's nice. <laughs> in uh, in this in the next mission, uh, you know, Sarah Sarah's like, okay, well, you know, the wolf's escaped, but there's only one road out of this town, so let's just watch that one road and just grab the wolf when he leaves. And in the meantime, like Captain Price and and everyone can search the town so that he has to leave. Um, and and the name of that road is literally like in the game is literally the Highway of Death, and it's called the Highway of Death. I can there see you go. laughing already. <laughs> it's called the Highway of Death because because in the context of this game, the Russians bombed it in the nineties uh, when there were a bunch of civilians there when they when they when they first invaded in like nineteen ninety nine. Is why it's called the Highway of Death. And choosing the name Highway of Death, as you guys I know because you're all you're all chuckling, is really weird because <laughs> because that's a real event that occurred during the Gulf War, where it was the U.S. bombing a road that the Iraqi military was retreating down. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like the game, like I don't know. It's it's just it's just a really weird way to approach realism, because the game's like, oh, we're being realistic, mm. but like the realism, the realism is more than just like making references, right? Like calling something the highway of death. Like they like they must have they must have been like, oh, what's a famous name for like a highway where a bunch of people got killed? <laughs> um, but but yeah, classic move. But our our hero's genius plan is to just like wait along this road, um. And shoot anyone coming down the road, and hope that one of them is the wolf, or that it's the wolf guy, the wolf's guys, and the wolf will go. Well, everyone who came here got shot. I better go there and get shot too. <laughs> so you wait around, you wait around, and Alex is like, you know, uh, this is all supposed to be about like the chlorine gas, right? And killing the wolf won't secure the gas, which is which is true, but also like, but also like, what's the alternative? Like, <laughs> the smart guy, right? You, you know. But anyways. You shoot some some AQ guys on the road, and then the Russians show up and rebomb the road where all the AQ enemies are, and then they start attacking you with like ground forces. So you're fighting actual Russian soldiers here, and I guess they forgot to bomb you because there's no more airstrikes. But you know you're you're fighting, and you know that's there's a lot more of them than you, so things are getting de- pretty desperate. And Hadir tells you, the player Alex, uh, that they need more firepower to win. So you guys run to this truck in the rear, and surprise. Uh, the truck is full of chlorine gas. So it turns out Hadir was the one who had taken the gas at the beginning of the game, not Alcatala. Bamboozled again. Bamboozled again. And then, and then, and then like Hadir, Hadir, despite the fact that chlorine gas is a terrible way to defend an area um, on account of it being gas, uh, he rolls, he rolls the truck with the gas. They like, I guess they put it in neutral and they just shove it like 20 feet forward. And then he blows it. He like detonates it, um, which is immensely stupid because they're not even out of range of like the explosion, uh, let alone let alone the gas. Um, and like no one at any point here has gas masks. 
so there's like there's and there's like a grand total of 40 Russians attacked. I was just about to ask that. I was just about to <laughs> literally ask like, is, is there any point where anyone was wearing a gas mask like on either side? So so no so no one's wearing a gas mask before it it before it explodes, including Hadir, despite the fact that like, despite the fact that Hadir knew he was going to activate the gas, he was going to you know uh, spread the gas. So despite the fact that you know this much exposure, this close to chlorine gas is is extraordinarily toxic and debilitating. Um, Hadir then puts a gas mask on and then puts a gas mask on you and uh, and Sarah and drags you both like into a bunker, sort of like a bunker kind of area, which is lower to the ground, which if uh, I don't know, if you're ever in a chlorine gas attack in real life, don't go down because the gas is heavy. Uh, so you're just concentrating yourself more gas on yourself. But he drags you both away and, and Farah is like upset with him, you know, <laughs> because, uh, you know, that Hadir has stolen a bunch of chemical weapons and, and then suddenly used them and killed a bunch of, you know, Russians, but also a lot of their own fighters. And Hadir's like, I did this to fight the Russians like a like a child, basically. And then both Alex and Farah like pass out, um, which is uh, not the real symptom, not necessarily the real symptoms of chlorine gas poisoning, but, you know. It's so that they can have which are horrible, which are horrible. Like it's, you know, I mean, imagine trying to like, I don't know, like the, you know, the big, um, you know, the big things of chlorine, they stick in pools, like the big, like a uh, hockey puck size thing of chlorine. Mm-hmm. It's like, like imagine mm-hmm. trying to like smoke that, <laughs> like stick you like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's like the, it's, I mean, it's not like a neurotoxin, right? It's not as bad as like it's... sarin gas or these neuro, these neurotoxin kind of gases. Sounds like a good idea for TikTok. Yeah, yeah, it's the new Tide Pod challenge, the the yeah. pool, the pool puck smoking challenge, the Verdansk, the Verdansk um, war zone challenge, <laughs> the Verdansk, the Verdansk challenge. Sure. Uh, don't give, don't give them ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like yeah, but 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 yeah, chlorine gas, uh, tar, n- nasty way to go, you know. But Rav? the the next the next mission the next mission is pretty tasteless. I think. I mean, even even compared to all of the previous missions. And it's meant to shock and appall you, but it kind of just comes off as them trying to be like edgy. And so it's just kind of cringe. You play as a flashback 20 years ago, right? When Farah and Hadir were like little kids, like around eight years old. And the Russians were first invading in the 90s. And it starts with you as Farah like trapped under the rubble of, of a building that an airstrike has just happened with. And like you could, and she can like see her own like dead parent like through the rubble and stuff like that. And like the, the emergency people are like trying to pull the rubble out. Like it's it's very evocative of you know a lot of the a lot of the you know footage and stuff in you know in conflicts across across the Middle East, but here it's just weird because it's Call of Duty, right? And it's supposed to be cool and badass, but there's nothing really cool and badass about that. But her dad pulls her out of the rubble um, and runs with her to their house uh, while you know the Russians and and General Barkov, who's a lot younger here, um, are dropping chlorine gas on the town because they've identified the town as a as an insurgent uh, insurgent town. And and they're preparing to leave. You know, they've they've got their gas masks and stuff like that. The dad has a go bag. It's sort of implied that he might have been a resistance fighter, but it's not really uh, it's not really clear. And this Russian soldier like bursts into the house. And this was very controversial, by the way. This is one of the levels that really upset Russia. Uh, basically, a Russian soldier bursts in the house, kills kills the dad, and you as kids have to like hide from the soldier under like tables and stuff like that, and you have to like stab him to death with like household items like screwdrivers and stuff like that like it's a really like brutish way to portray this i would say and it's meant to be like solemn and serious and like a statement about civilian suffering and conflict but because it's call of duty they're also trying to make it like badass like you're an eight-year-old who really knows how to use a screwdriver 
which is I, I don't know, it's just crass in in my in my view. But um, how would you compare that to like what is the other really infamous? Oh, we talked about it a oh, like, few episodes like no, ago. Like no Russian. Yeah, how would you compare it to that? I would say I would say this is worse because they're going for they're going for like extreme realism here. Like it looks. Like as you watch it, it looks very much like something you might see like on like live leak or on Twitter, like of the aftermath mm. of a bombing and stuff like that. I would mm. it's it's like the fact that it's more realistic and they put that much effort into it almost makes it like grosser. Like there's a there's a lot of yeah, there's like a lot of like Hollywood movies and stuff like that, right? Where the bad guys are terrorists and they do a terrorist attack. This one, I don't know. This, this one felt a little bit worse, I would say. Um, wow. yeah, apparently, apparently they continue this trend, but like, but like, yeah, I think, I think no Russian, I think people remember no Russian more than this, um, just because no Russian was, was, a, an effective narrative way of being like, this is the bad guy. He does bad things. Um, and this is more just like depressing, I would say. So you guys, you, you like as the eight year old, you escape and they, and they're still doing the call of duty stuff. So they're, they're making these like eight year olds look like they're like kind of talk like operators and stuff, which is just weird. <laughs> um and it's it's just it's like strange because like that because like the engine like obviously they're designed they've designed characters to move like call of duty people but they're doing this with kids so it's just a shrunk down version of how those people move it's just it's weird but you're about to escape and general barkov himself like grabs you guys and he's like i'm gonna put you guys in prison camp and they and he ships you off to a prison camp and that's the end of the the flashback there this game isn't political by the way there's no there's no politics in this <laughs> of, the, of the of the uh, of the airstrikes on on the airstrikes on civilians and stuff, but back in the present, uh, Price and Price and Garrick they show up to where all the gas has been, and they have I think I don't think they have full chemical weapon suits. I think they just have uh, gas masks. But they show up and they evac Alex and Farah using helicopters somehow. Even though like we know the Russian army's in the area, they just fly their helicopters in and fly them out. And Farah and, he, and, Farrah and uh, Alex are totally fine from their from their chlorine gas poisoning and extreme exposure to this. To this, and Hadir, Hadir's gone. He's run off. Right. He's either captured by AQ or he went to join them. They they don't make it clear with the remainder of the gas. So everyone everyone decides to go after him. And uh, Farah says he's dead to her for using gas because in the flashback, uh, you know, she saw her town gassed, and so she was, you know, she's he's dead to her for doing that. And then the station chief gathers everyone for a briefing, including Farah, for some reason. Like, Farah is just allowed in any any U.S. facility. Like, the briefing room, the embassy, they'll just let Farah in. Um, the fastest so the station... TSSCI award. In... <laughs> yeah, 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 they're like, yeah, they're like, do you know any? Do you... She's just special. <laughs> she's like, yeah, they're like, do you, do you know any foreigners? And she's like, no. And they just let her through. Um <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, this, this briefing, this briefing, just to bring it back to intelligence, this briefing is absolutely insane. Like it's like anti-intelligence. Like they, they somehow have imagery of Hadir in possession of the gas, like satellite imagery, um, and drone footage of him delivering the gas to the butcher, like in perfect fidelity. Like, they, like it looks like, it looks like someone was like standing 10 feet away with like a camera is like the, the, the quality of stuff. And like. I'm not going to say this is impossible, but it's improbable. I would say that you would have everything all together this fast served up to you on a platter, um, especially the satellite stuff. Like that, you'd have to, you have to like look at every single truck. You'd have to have the exact satellite, you know, in the in the right place at the right time. It's it's um, I don't know how to feel about that one. 
It's just great intelligence. It's great. It is. It is. It is. They just know how to use the the, the tools. It's stellar intelligence. I'm sort of um, I'm sort of offended that they didn't have an analyst give the briefing. The station chief gave the briefing, and I'm like, there should be some nerdy dude in the corner. Like, um, well, I looked at this photo, and, <laughs> but but anyway, so so uh, Alcatala did not have the gas, and now thanks to Hidir, Alcatala does have the gas. Um, so everyone flies to the Alcatala like base headquarters like wherever they they're hiding out and hadir escapes but um farah shoots the wolf um because he was about to he was like he strapped himself to it like this this isn't very leader of a terrorist group behavior but he had strapped himself to a chair and he was going to blow himself up and so she shoots him and then you you do a mini game where you like uh stop the bomb from going off uh next to his corpse which is kind of i don't know that that part was interesting i would say and then when you get back the station chief is like bad news farah because of what Hidir did, your rebels are now designated as a foreign terrorist organization, which is, which is like, you know, this is pretty dumb because uh, it's like an immediate turnaround from like, that's like an immediate turnaround from like the State Department. The State Department is is in charge of designating foreign terrorist organizations. And and like, I guess they would be designating Sarah's group for unverified chemical weapons use against Russians in a third party country by a guy who has his left to the group to join Alcatala, which is probably itself a uh, a foreign terrorist organization. It's 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 like I was saying earlier about just like referencing stuff to pretend to be realistic. Like it has no bearing on how on how that process works. Um, like the 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 FTO process is um, often often lengthy and always obnoxious, uh, and probably would not work this way. Um, for those for those of you who are uh, <laughs> interested in foreign terrorist organization designations, anyways. Alex decides that that's really unfair. And so he says he'll go help Farah and find Hadir like illegally. Like he's just going to he's like he's just going to stop working for the CIA and just hang out with Farah's rebels all day. Um which is also unrealistic. Usually 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 people, you know, have stuff going on at home that you know they don't just want to defect to uh to random rebel groups, especially especially ones that will get you in massive legal trouble. But and that's kind of a common thing in in spy espionage stuff right like ahmed and i were talking about the old man and someone does that in in uh in that show uh, fantastic show. fantastic show the old man's the old man's good um i i did enjoy it uh good good set dressing everyone has two monitors very realistic but but yeah so so farah's reflecting on her relationship with hadir now and there's another flashback so the first flashback was 20 years ago this is 10 years ago so now they're like teenagers kind of early 20s they're like still in this prison camp for some reason and uh, yeah, after like ten, after like ten years, so they've been in prison from like eight to eighteen or whatever. And General Barkov shows up and uh, tortures Farah uh, by waterboarding her, uh, which they turn into like a mini game where you like have to turn your head away from like the water. This was also this was also something that made the news. And and it's like it's it's like the it's like the previous flashback. Like I, I'm not really like it's meant to shock and offend. I'm not really offended by it. It's kind of gross. Like it's it's just like cringe that um. That they thought that they thought that also um, uh, being being waterboarded generally uh, does not include a mini game where you can you can defeat people waterboarding you. Uh, that is that is the, usually the nature of torture is that you can't untorture yourself. So it's meant to be yeah it's meant to be shocking but it's kind of icky. Um, and then Farah leads a prison break and it's about to fail until like the SAS show up, including Captain or then Lieutenant Price. And you know it's Lieutenant Price because he's uh, he says he he says he's Lieutenant Price because he doesn't have his mustache, he doesn't have his facial hair. So so the game has to be like this is this is Captain Price, 
And it's not at all clear why the SAS are at this random like prison camp. Like uh, they, they kind of, there's kind of an impression that Barkov was using this camp and like using convict labor for like manufacturing stuff. Like there's like rooms with lots of sewing machines and like potentially that, that he was using the convict labor to make chlorine gas, like to make more chemical weapons. Um, but, but it's not really made clear. They could have explained that better. Anyways, Farah and Hadir are free now, thanks to Captain Price. Uh, and then they start the rebellion that they're leading in the present. So that's, that's 10 years ago. We've learned, we've learned so much about them. So back in the present, uh, the station chief and Captain Price are like, are like, golly gee, should we warn Russia? Should we, so, so Hadir and Alcatala are basically taking the gas up to Russia. So the station chief and Price are like, golly gee, should we warn Russia about the chemical weapons attack? Or should we just let it happen? Um, and instead of the obvious answer, which is warning Russia and letting them deal with it, because uh, Russia has, I mean, that's their favorite thing to do is to, is to you know, do, uh, is to intercept, you know, terrorist groups and stuff like that. They decide Price and Garrick themselves, like, need to go to St. Petersburg to stop it themselves without warning Russia. Like, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Like, they want to stop the terrorist attack and they want to stop, like, World War Three, I guess, and the way that they stop World War Three is by clandestinely shooting a bunch of people in Russia. Is basically their plan. But anyways, they they go to Saint Petersburg and they meet up with Nikolai, who we might remember from like the previous Call of Duty games. He's like totally different now. Instead of well, he's 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 functionally the same character because he he's like the guy who shows up with a bunch of guns and they don't explain how he got them or why. But now he's like. It's like Call of Duty was like trying to not upset Russia too much. So he's like, he's like a good Russian nationalist. So he's like, I don't like Barkov because what Barkov's doing is bringing shame to Russia. It's like his entire ideological reason for buying like 800 Uzis and Desert Eagles and like giving them to Captain Price. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so despite the fact that like, I don't think Price, I don't think Price or Garrick know any Russian. They like find the Alcatala hideout in St. Petersburg. It's like in like a random area of St. Petersburg. And they have a big gunfight in the street with no consequences. <laughs> and then and then they grab the butcher, right? Uh, they don't find Hadir, but they grab the butcher. And then, uh, and for some reason, the Russian government is like totally not aware that you're, you're there or that any of this has happened. But um, you take you take the butcher to this offsite, or not offsite, you take, I assume it's like some like area of, of Russia. Where, where there hasn't just been a big shootout. And you torture him to find the gas. But he's not talking, so the game has you go and bring his wife and kid in and, like, point a gun at them and threaten to shoot them to get him to talk. And in the game, they're like, well, you don't have to be the one holding the gun, as if that's, like, somehow more morally justifiable. <laughs> then you're just, facil you're just facilitating uh, torture. But, but yeah, so he gives up, uh, he gives up the location. And stuff. It's it's just kind of awkward because there's there's like a there's like an SAS investigation happening like recently, like right now, about SAS conduct uh, in in Afghanistan and stuff, where there was like a lot of like you know a lot of allegations like Eddie Gallagher type stuff with like summary execution and things like that. So it is it is sort of it is sort of weird that they that they went this, but but the idea was that went this route. But the idea was that Cap they were going to show Captain Price is like the one who's willing to get their hands dirty, you know that that sort of thing. But yeah, they're they're in the car. They're in a car ride because they have to, you know, they're they're going to look for Hadir, and uh, Garrick has some concerns about this um, because despite the fact that he was talking tough earlier about like 
taking the gloves off and stuff like that, um, actually being involved in torturing someone uh, changes someone. And so Captain Price explains that they have to commit crimes, essentially. Like, they have to commit crimes and do torture so that the world can stay safe. Which, like, nah. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not at all how that works. And sort of going into the sort of last, uh, the last stretch of this game here, you, you find out that Hedir is, is going to kill General Barkov, um, and he's going to his house in, um, in Moldova. For some reason, General Barkov lives in Moldova, and and he's so he, there's all these fictional countries, yeah. But then Moldova, uh, Moldova. Is real. <laughs> it's not even. They don't even say like. <laughs> well, they don't even say like Transnistria, um, or anything like that. Like like it's just Moldova, and like all of his, like a bunch of Russian soldiers are in this area of Moldova as well, and they don't they do, they they just don't explain it. They're just like, uh, you know, it's Moldova. It looks cool. You know, maybe that's where the uh, the group, the the developers themselves had access to to take like reference footage and stuff like that. Because uh, video game people who take mm-hmm. reference footage yeah. uh, have had a have had a tough time of it. Uh, I think I think someone was arrested in Greece uh, for the Arma games uh, for taking for taking photographs of like the landscape there. And uh, I know I know for Narcos, like someone was killed in Mexico during uh, location scouting. So yeah, you know, I don't I don't blame them for for mm-hmm. going to Moldova and not going to uh, <laughs> not going to somewhere really dangerous. But yeah, so you have to go stop Hadir from killing Barkov, even though Barkov's the bad guy. Because if Hadir kills Barkov, then it'll start World War Three. Don't explain why. And so, so you go to Barkov's compound, and there's a whole rigmarole, um, and you capture Hadir. And and Barkov isn't even there, so it's unclear why Hadir went there or why you even had to go there in the first place. Because you know World War Three, I guess, wasn't going to happen. But Hadir says that he knows where Barkov is making all of this chlorine gas, and he shares the location with you. And then when they're getting evacuated, the station chief is is there for some reason. Like she's taken, I guess she's taken a flight now uh, to Moldova and announces that they're giving Hadir to the Russians, um, quote, because it's a proxy war, unquote. Like she, it's, it's, it's like, it's just that simple. Like they, they're just going to give Hadir to the Russians and it's all going to be sorted. And that's, I think that's, I think in this game, that's the last we hear of Hadir, unless he shows up in some like war zone content or something. Um, But Price and Garrick uh, then go to Farah, and they're like, look, the chemical weapons factory is in eastern Georgia. So in addition to in addition to the real country of Moldova, Georgia gets to be a real country in this game as well. Um, uh, so I guess, I guess the root in this game is Barkov makes the chemical weapons in eastern Georgia, not political, uh, then takes them to Kostovia, Kostovia, and then to Urzikstan to be used against civilians, even though both of those countries border Georgia, according to uh, the Call of Duty wiki, which I consulted extensively while playing the game. Um, Amazing. But yeah, but yeah East, I, East, East Georgia, obviously supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, Ossetia and Abkhazia. It's supposed to reference that in your mind. But anyways, they, they, they all decide together, like the A-team, that they're going to attack this, chem- this chemical weapons factory. And it's huge, by the way. It's like a massive complex. Like the idea that the Russians are doing this covertly or that it's something hidden seems a little bit unrealistic because it is it is about as what big. What could go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? <laughs> it's about as big as a factory could be, like in your mind. Um and so yeah, so they all attack this they all attack this thing. And the way the way that they get away with it, or the way they plan to get away with it, is that because Farah's group it, are, are a designated terrorist organization now, people will just assume that the attack on this chemical factory will would be by them, even though they are not a terrorist group that's located in Georgia. 
is their is 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 their genius plan to avoid detection. Uh, they also brought a drone and a Bradley with them, which I feel like I feel like is not the is not the best way to be you know secret, be super sneaky. Um, and the and the UAV the UAV you can just call in you can just call in the UAV anywhere, um, and it, and it says like after after two missiles it's like oh we need to reload. So I don't know what's happening there if they're like firing two missiles and then and then flying back for thirty seconds to get more. But anyways. You shoot, you shoot your way into this chemical factory and you put explosives around that are going to destroy the facility. But Alex is an idiot and just breaks the detonator like he trips. Like there's a there's a there's a boss fight. And the way the boss comes in is he, he bashes the door and he like literally just falls over and like cracks the detonator. Um, so he decides to sacrifice himself by detonating the explosives manually. Meanwhile, Farah sneaks into Barkov's. I think it's his helicopter. Um, uh, to to kill him, and you're supposed to stab him in the game. Um, but you can actually just switch to your gun. So I just I just shot him. I didn't have time for. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Have, I I had to, I had, to, I had a podcast to record. I didn't have time to to do it right. But yeah, so the facility is destroyed, and Barkov is dead, and Alex is presumed. They in the in the wiki they said presumed dead. So I'm so I think he might not be dead. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't played I haven't played Modern Warfare two yet. I suspect he's coming back. But the day is saved, I guess. And and sort of the final. Uh, the final stretch is is Captain Price meeting with the station chief and suggesting they form a task force. And this is all just fan service. Like, like he pulls out a bunch of files and it's like one file is like soap from Call of Duty 4 uh, in Modern Warfare 2 and another one's ghost from Modern Warfare 2. And then like the, the final reveal is like the guy behind it all is Zakayev, who's the, the, the enemy in um, the first Modern Warfare ones. Uh, and then it, the final reveal is that Garrick is actually Gaz from Call of Duty 4. And you're supposed to go like, oh my god, it's Gaz. Uh, and then it ends. Bamboozled again. Bamboozled again. Yeah, so so I guess I guess the future games, instead of um it, it might Would you recommend this game? Would I recommend it? Um mm-hmm. I mean, gameplay wise, it's 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 a Call of Duty game. Like it's fine enough. And I mean the multiplayer, I played a lot of Warzone uh and the multiplayer stuff. Um so it's so it's like a fun game, but like in terms of like what the campaign a a how realistic the campaign is trying to be and 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 like the values that are expressed in it where like the values are just like let captain price do whatever he wants because captain price and only captain price knows what to do seems a little seems a little sus seems a little off but it is it is a it was a big relief like going from like Xbox 360 games to like a more modern game just cuz it like it just like handles better and stuff but uh, but I'll tell you what I did not like installing 200 gigabytes of of Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> like that that was that was nice about um, Call of Duty Four is you could just stick the disc in and it would run. Uh, now it's like now it's yeah, like right. oh man am I going to play it for hours and hours? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean as long as you can turn your brain off, you know, you can have you can have a good time with it. I think I'm probably gonna enjoy when when I play Modern Warfare two and Modern Warfare three, which comes out this year. You know, I think I'm gonna enjoy them as uh-huh. games, but uh I don't think that this element is gonna get any better. Right. Um I think the I think the audience is decided yeah. it might get goofier. I, it looks more like Fortnite now, if you've seen Warzone recently. They've got like yeah. they've got like zo- they got like zombies and stuff right now. Yeah, they've had zombies for a long time. They have like yeah. you can you can I think right now it's like Spawn. It's like which I love yeah. Spawn the comic, but it's like they have like uh, uh, you know skin packs for like all kinds of pop culture mm. references, like crossover with Diablo, 
which I mean mm. that makes sense because Activision owns Blizzard, but oh right, right, know, right, right, right. They have like all these franchise crossovers that make the game just look so convoluted and like so <laughs> cheese. <laughs> which you know? I mean, honestly, that's almost better. Like I almost respect that more yeah. of, than than like than like trying to make like an airstrike on civilians look as realistic <laughs> as possible. <laughs> like, yeah, but I've heard that's I, a good I've point. heard that's a good point. I've heard Modern Warfare Two like uh, has has like a stand-in for like the assassination of Soleimani, the the IRGC oh. head. So because because I remember I remember that wow. making the rounds on Twitter when that happened. So I'll be I'll be interested when I play that game because because I was I was working for the government at the time that happened. So I'll be interested in seeing what happens. Damn, yeah. I mean, I I definitely wouldn't mind playing through that campaign alongside you next time. Yes, yeah. I actually have that one. Oh yeah, so. you do. Yeah, you, there was you were like in Amsterdam or yeah. something. That's cool. That's the point. I. I that's the point that I got to. So I've only done like one mission, and that was a mm. while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally, definitely. Yeah, no. I realize yeah. it's um, I realize it's hard to demand that you go out and find a a twelve year old game and 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 then a console that runs it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, well. but but yeah, you know, um, yeah. Overall, overall, I think it suffers from a lot of the same problems as like the earlier Call of Duty games. I think it's just. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just grosser because they tried harder, but they tried harder. I don't know in like in like a way that at the wrong place. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it just kind of left me feeling a little a little icky. But you know, uh, no more no mm-hmm. more than like other action games per se. But it is what it is, I guess. Well, I I think uh, I think you did a uh, a great job mm-hmm. summarizing mm-hmm. compared to the first one we did. <laughs> it was much more to the point, yeah. but. Also, highlighting the the realistic and unrealistic, you know, worlds that they have built mm. in this game. But uh, I, I don't think that most people that play the game care. No, no, as much. Mm. Um, and that's why they get away with it mm. for sure, or, or don't they don't really have to care. Yeah. But um, it would be if you look at the success of games like. Uh, stalker or yeah. uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, escape from Tarkov and the realism in those mm. you know you see that there's definitely a market oh, for yeah. uh, you know yeah. um, and maybe they just want to sell to the mass market so yeah. Tarkov I mean, yeah. is hard though I have that one <laughs> that one is insane mm. I haven't actually, I haven't actually played it oh it's nuts and the subculture is crazy <laughs> really yeah that exists yeah I, the the groups that are the subreddit set really Oof. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. check it out <laughs> I've been uh, I've been playing Counter Strike two oh really uh, yeah yeah oh. it's it's um it's just Counter Strike Go um but with more like yeah, yeah. Runs, but but it like runs worse it's like um they've added they've added a bunch really? more like visual effects yeah yeah so like I, lo- I like what they do with the smoke I have it I I, I was oh, playing yeah, yeah. it uh, the smoke's good the smoke's I played good. it recently yeah yeah. Yeah. The smoke's the, the smoke's good. I'm I'm just terrible at it because it's not <laughs> the, like okay. the the like I, I I had a friend or I I mean I still have a friend, um who, in high school he was on like a Counter Strike team, and his mm-hmm. job like in Counter Strike was to just watch one corner on one map forever, mm-hmm. and like if one pixel <laughs> if one pixel changed just 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 ice it yeah <laughs> like the second, the second that he saw a pixel change, and he was like yeah my grades yeah. were going down and I was like I bet. <laughs> I pet buddy. <laughs> yeah. My 
my older brother almost didn't finish high school because of uh, because of uh, Counter Strike, like the original Counter Strike, mm. mm-hmm. and uh, that one and Command and Conquer Red Alert. Oh yeah! Oh man! Yeah, yeah. Oh man! Yep. <laughs> yep, that's uh, we played that game when we had the dial-up internet. Yeah, man. Oh man! Oh man! Crazy. Yeah, no, it used to be um, like things. Things are so much better now, like internet speed wise. Like I don't know if you guys had remember like having to play games on like Game Ranger or any of these like third these like third party stuff, and everyone had their own system. Like no one, no one was on Steam yet, uh, for better or worse. Mm, yeah, um, it was just it yeah, was well, just insanely difficult to do to do. Uh, not difficult, just harder than it is now. Now now you can basically just do anything. Yeah. Like it's hard. I think it, it requires now so much effort to play, even though you can do far more. The, the graphics are so much better, and all that. Yeah, all that stuff. That there is so much more. I think you know, the, getting better video cards and you know, faster PC, all this kind of stuff, it just makes it more and more difficult to play. You know, the the triple A titles and the bigger games. So that. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, I don't yeah. know, but I don't know how you guys feel about it, but yeah. I feel like this it's so it's so much hassle to yeah to play games, you know, even though I, I still do, but and also like my attention span for you know uh a very complex and a big world has become also very difficult to maintain. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know I know people were complaining because you're you're playing Assassin's Creed Mirage right now, and people were complaining that the that the campaign was only twenty hours, and it's like <laughs> yeah, which is crazy, and it's like it's which is crazy. Yeah, I mean for twenty hours is enough. <laughs> for I mean for for like when it comes to like intelligence and stuff like that, I feel like the the best I think the best games are like indie games, um that that I've seen. I think the best games for intelligence are like indie games, like um the Orwell games. Uh, there's two Orwell games that were pretty cheap. Uh, Papers, please, which isn't really isn't really an intelligence game, but it's sort of it reminded me a lot of working in watch listing. Uh, <laughs> Papers, please, and uh, I've been playing this one. I've been playing this one game, Sunless uh, Sunless Skies, and uh, and it has nothing to do with intelligence really. But in that game, like intelligence is shown as like an object that you can like sell and has value. So it'll be like a secret, and a secret is worth like twenty dollars for instance. So they're like conceptualizing hmm. like intelligence and knowledge as like an actual resource. Um which I don't think I've seen in a lot of uh, in a lot of games. We could uh we could give that game to a lot of our clients. Yeah, yeah. It could be a, a free bonus. You know, because it's sometimes very hard to picture for them to understand why intelligence costs money. Yeah. You know, where why why resources are needed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Because it um, takes a lot of I, effort and time to do it. Yeah, well, I, I think Call of Duty is one of those. Call of Duty is one of those things that that hurts us, not us, but hurts intelligence in that sense because it assumes that everyone already knows everything, and it's like no, getting mm. like getting the information you need can often be harder than actually like actually performing an action. Is making sure is you know mm. you know deconflicting an area, finding whoever you're looking for or, or whatever you're looking for. Um, like all of all of that stuff is a huge pain in the butt. Uh, and takes you know a lot of effort and a lot of expertise. So when like, you know, when these games portray it as like it's just Captain Price or it's just the station chief, like nah, there's a whole organization uh, behind behind all of that stuff. They're the very, very, very tip of the spear. 
Um, and the spear, at least in the West, uh, the spear tends to be very long. Marcel, thank you so mm -hmm. much, man. This was uh, an, an interesting journey again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of scared of two. Like if this is if this is the tame one. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and I really would like to because I I didn't play this game. Mm -hmm. It, like I, I know clips of it, you know, mm -hmm. like the, some of the scenes I've seen on YouTube and you know the the playthroughs, but I haven't played this game myself. But I would definitely be interested in like going through the Black Ops once again. Mm -hmm. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, Black Ops, Black Ops. I think I think we might need a we might need a historian or something. Or, or Michael can Michael can uh, can be our historian for it. Uh, it's just because. Uh, <laughs> You know, we can we can invite Kyle. We can invite Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because I just because yeah. uh, you know I, I I worked at intelligence sort of in the in the modern era, and so if something if something's you know messed mm -hmm. up in the '60s, I won't necessarily catch it as much. But um, but yeah, no. Mm -hmm. um, those are those are a lot of fun. We can uh, we can you know I can tell you right now the zombie mode uh, not realistic. Uh, that's like... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that one, guys, thank you, Marcel. Thank you, Michael. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, for your time, for everybody listening, uh, really appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Uh, if you made it this far, you know, give us a give us a rating, whatever we deserve, <laughs> and uh, I hope five stars. So it, <laughs> it helps us, and it helps other people find the podcast. You know, so this is uh, definitely a labor of love. We don't have any ads, we don't have any sponsors, right? So. We're just doing this for the love of the game, yeah. guys. We're definitely not so sponsored by Call of Duty. Be kind and yeah, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't even get a copy. I know. Wait. No, I had to. No, I had to buy it. Uh, yeah. There you go. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, see you in the next one. Bye.